protect myself. Okay. You don't trust, trust you. me. I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Trust is okay. the foundation of any good relationship, so. We don't yes. have it. No. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. That's rough. It works better when it's buttoned all the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, uh, this is um, Known Unknowns. Podcast. The podcast. The podcast. Your podcast. Your favorite. Uh, I'm Carly Davis. Harry Sullivan. And we have a very special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? I don't want to. Yeah, I'm I'm Izzy Carp. Woohoo! Woo! The one and only. Woohoo! Yeah. It's only one of me. <laughs> yeah. So you, we should just jump right into this because we have a lot of stuff to. Oh, okay. Talk about. Yeah. Um, but Izzy, tell us about yourself and. Harry and Izzy don't really know each other. This we do not. We, don't know. we really don't know each so other. So they can like get to know each other met, right and now. We haven't really talked since we have since. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did we? I think feel like we did a handshake once. Probably. After that makes a sense. After a show. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm an actor, like most of the guests so far. <laughs> We're two for two on actors. Two for two on actors. <laughs> um, yikes. Um, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> This is a relevant fact for this particular episode, but I've done a lot of Shakespeare stuff in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, um, come from Madison, Wisconsin, um, and there's a little fact about me. And, uh, <laughs> and there's a really great place there called the Young Shakespeare Players. Shout out. Um, and they do full-length Shakespeare with kids aged 6 to 18. So when I started when I was like 6... Total nerd. Um, and not much has changed since then. So. Izzy That's, is a professional actor. She's way better than... Um, she, she, she's done a lot but, of it. Um, I know. See, there's people who grew up... When they started when they were like two. And then they act <laughs> all forever. Me, I started maybe high school. Like I did like th- four shows in all of high school. And then I was like, yeah, I guess I'll do that. Because I don't really want to... You it sounds fun when I like else. it, you know. But you're like <laughs> you're good at it, so it's not like you're just like those people who are like, ah, oh, I think I'll try. <laughs> you were in a commercial when you were a kid, right? <laughs> I did a little uh, commercial Send a link. Um, <laughs> and did some print work for the same. Um, I was in a fake family for a movie theater. Uh, yeah, it was me, my dad, my little brother, and some random woman. So great. <laughs> We're like, we need, yeah. yeah, random yeah. woman, anyone? Well, we needed a mom, <laughs> and definitely, well, no, I'm not going to say yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> she listens secretly, you know? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Izzy and I uh, met in school as yeah. well. Um, I don't remember what class. But. Maybe text analysis? But we didn't really meet. I just remember. It was just like, hey, you got a pink backpack. I feel like that was our first interaction was me being like, whoa, cool backpack. Um, Whoa, I just remember Izzy was across from me. Yeah. (laughs) And then we were in a show together. Mm Mm-hmm. You were in a few few classes and then. Oh, yeah. We were in. Well, yeah. Because I guess. Yeah. Yeah. A few classes. But then we bonded really in the show, especially because we had a lot of time backstage um and we were the yeah. only ones in our dressing room so we watched oh relevant to the show we watched a lot of buzzfeed unsolved yes. um in our dressing room 
During tech, not During performances, tech. okay? Not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just kind of sat and uh, watched. It was good. Yeah. And got freaked out whenever anyone knocked on the door. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was... It was just scary. Yeah. Not a good anyway, place to that, watch that, I think that's about... That's enough about... <laughs> that's enough. Harry, uh, you want to tell Izzy anything about yourself? Yeah, tell oh, what, me about you. What's something about... Okay, I'm Carly's boyfriend. <laughs> that is the fact I knew. That's the... <laughs> really all um, you need to know. That's the main thing that I do. Um, what I else? am theoretically <laughs> a photographer and visual artist is what I'll call myself. Eye contact. Oh, sorry. Eye contact. Eye contact. Oh, you guys contact. are meeting. It's, um, this is, you guys can are, you, can you, can friendship you feel the is, eye contact? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> right I'm making contact with the microphone right now and I'm moving my eyes up to make contact mm-hmm. with Izzy. Contact has been made. They're great. <laughs> it's official. They're best friends now. Yeah, BFFs. So, in case you were worried. They cannot feel my awkwardness through the microphone. <laughs> he's like moving around and like twitching and he's like, I'm making my... eye contact. I make eye contact. Like <gasps> half of my last two days has just been staring into people's eyes for like a long period of time, you know? <laughs> That's, I love classes. Um, theater school everyone (laughs) just stare into people's eyes for hours and breathe and breathe deeply when we did that in barb's class she gave us all mints (laughs) we had to get really close to each other like each other's faces and she's like everyone get a mint but she didn't tell us what we were doing and then she's like get like nose to nose and i was like oh god i'm really thankful for this mint (laughs) were we in the same voice class I think so. Because I remember we had to put forehead to forehead to feel the sound of the other person. Yes. Was this voice and text? Were we in Aram's class? Yes. Yeah. Voice and text. Yeah. The forehead and I just to remember some days you were like, maybe we could use one of those. But no. <laughs> was, uh, that was... Uh, Did okay. it multiple times, so it's, I'm not calling out anyone in here. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people out there. Yeah. Anyway. That was... Uh... Oh, I okay. found my I found my hot glue stick, so I won't be fidgeting as much. What? Last what last hot glue stick. This one. Last time we had a guest on the show, I was playing with this the whole time and like fidgeting with this like hot glue stick. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and so now you're embarrassing. I me. couldn't find it, but now I found it, and so everything's better now. Oh, I, so my, I got something for my shoes. My so. security like fiddle stick. <laughs> security <laughs> fiddle stick. Yes. Um, all right, well, we're going to interview Izzy some more. Uh, so what got you into spooky stuff like this? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think, okay, so because I've been doing theater so long, there's so much, like, theatery. Yeah. Theater people are always really superstitious, or at least, that like, is... a little, little stitious, um, to quote, <laughs> to quote the office. Um, to... But, like, everyone's always, even if they don't, like, believe in ghosts, they're, you know, they've got rituals that if you break, yeah. they'll be really angry. Like, not even, a, just like, they're like, oh, you didn't sing the song with us or whatever it is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's where that started. I feel like every good theater has a ghost. Yeah. Even if, yeah. like, even if it's like one that everyone's like, oh yeah, Charlie. And that's Char- not like something that Charlie. people actually like really <laughs> believe in, but they've got, you've got to have one. All theaters are haunted. I'm telling you. Yeah. And most theaters should have had a bat in them at some time. I think. Um, I just think that's, that's a good rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. It's legit if there's been a bat. In, in places where there are bats. Mm-hmm. I guess there are places that don't have bats. Oh. That's rude to I them. guess that's... Is that a thing? True. There's got to be some place. Wait. Where? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know the I have no idea where bats. bats do and don't live. 
Someone popped I figured they're just everywhere. But my house at home used to have bats in the attic, and it would come through the vents and into my room at night. <laughs> Great. That sounds like a... That's cool. You should have leaned close. Like, when I was a child. <laughs> my mom would come into my room and wake me up when I was, like, really little. And then one day she came in, and she's like, Carly, don't move. Don't move. And she has, like, the trash can on the ground, like, flipped over that I had next to my bed. And I'm like, what? She's like, there's a bat under there. There's oh a bat God. under there. And she just, like, lifts it up, and the bat starts flying. <laughs> I'm like, what? Why'd she lift it up? I don't know. Like, she's crazy. I don't know. It was... Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. That's all this podcast is, is me going on tangents about my personal life. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I just... I just... I've done that already so far. Probably sounded a little bit pretentious. Didn't mean to. Although I probably am. (laughs) (sighs) Um, so next, I guess, uh, so what's your favorite, uh, cryptid or folklore piece other than the one you're going to do today? Other than, yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like golems. Um, and like, well, (laughs) in Jewish folklore, I can't say that word, um, which Jewish uh, or folklore? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, The golem is like a creature, it can be good or bad, it can literally be like anything, it can be a man, it can be a woman, yeah, good, bad, Jewish, -Jewish, Mm non-Jewish, goyish, if you will, Um, that's the word, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I really like them because they're like, they're huge, they're supposed to be like really big, these guys, they like, there's a... There's a representation of one. They oh. usually have um, letters on their foreheads to tell you that they are golems. Oh, um, I didn't know what a golem was. Yeah. Richard Gollum from whatever that book show is. <laughs> no. That's my favorite folklore. No. Um, but they're like, they're sometimes supposed to watch over you and like protect. Like a lot of the ones that are like the classic Jewish stories. Like there's one from the 1600s, I want to say, that's like... Um, in Prague, there's like the Prague golem, and like a rabbi made it because you make it out of clay. You like oh. build it out of clay. You build and the thing, and then it's real. Yeah, like oh, isn't that that's isn't cute? That, like like Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I made a face there. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not not religious. Um, and very bad agnostic Jew. Um, I should barely call myself that. Uh, but. Yeah, so there's one in Golem, and basically the rabbi, I want to say it was, like, a time of, like, a ton of anti-Semitism, so they made the Golem to, like, protect them. Oh. And it's just kind of cool, because it's this big, like, guy. Um, But then they also, I read somewhere once that they, like, they also, like, will, like, basically shut it off during, um, on the Sabbath. (laughs) Like, because it's like, Mm. this this creature also needs a day of rest, so they they basically, like, turn it off. But then, like, one time they forgot to turn it off, and it like went crazy or something. I don't quite remember, but um, someone else should look that up that yeah. is better at research. Um, <laughs> but golems are really cool. And in Prague, they like, they really like their golem stories. And you can get like, I think I have a postcard from there that just has like a golem and a guy on his little shoulder. Just, yeah. They're not always good though. Sometimes they're evil. So it's, oh. it's kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. 
but it's based in Jewish folklore. And they're kind of fun. They're yeah, fun cool. guys. I think of, of them as these like big, like, I don't know, I'm just walking around. Like, <laughs> I'm going to protect you. Gonna, yeah. 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 That's cool. I told him, I'm like, I think she's going to talk about golems a little bit. And Harry's like, is she Jewish? I'm like, yeah. 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 And then he was like, oh. It, Barely. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what it was. And then he was like, oh, it's, it's Jewish folklore. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. This one, I, I feel like that's a better, matters. that's a better picture of like, because it looks more like a guy in the background. Oh yeah, and it's yeah, got yeah. the it's got the Hebrew letters on it. Okay, oh, that makes more. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember what they mean. Um, <laughs> again, didn't go to Hebrew school. Yeah. Didn't go to Hebrew. There's a there's a Netflix movie called The Golem that I started watching once and then stopped because I wasn't in the mood. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I never watched. I just like know about them. I don't. I don't think I've seen like anything particular about them. But yeah, they're fun. Yeah. Anyway, I've never heard of it. That makes sense. Huh. That's my dope cool. favorite folklore, okay. I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. Um, well, is there anything else you want to know about Sorry. Izzy since you don't know Izzy? Um, I think that I will just learn more about Izzy as we go along. Okay. And by the end, we'll <laughs> oh. be even better friends. I've yeah. remembered oh, something about I myself. I want to hear more. Yes. Um, because we were talking about this before we started, but I should always mention that I'm a kazoo enthusiast. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, we, we had a discussion prior. And that, this is completely serious. This is not a joke. Yeah, I always like, have a kazoo no, in they, my bag. Like, yeah, there's one right now. I'm not yes. going to play it because that would be really loud. But um, <laughs> this particular one is green and blue with stars on it as well. Oh, that's cute. Um, that's it's, cool. It's pretty fun. It's not plastic, okay? It's metal. <laughs> I'm serious about this stuff. Uh, hire me nice. in any play that requires a kazoo. Mm-hmm. So, I, I used to have a really nice, like, uh, I had a red and... Red and silver? No, it was like oh, red damn. and uh, <laughs> I had a red goldish. Silver. Oh, maybe I had... Maybe was, where'd you get it? I don't remember. I, I got it from a museum, like a Lincoln Museum. Oh, cool. Yeah, I have no idea where I got mine. Now I have a harmonica in my bag all the time, but I usually forget it. That's oh, there. yeah, and then the airport was like, what is that? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know what it was. No, but I had a meadow kazoo once. I bought it. I was really little, and then it went missing one day. Uh-oh. Like, it just it went missing, and then I didn't see it for months and months. And then I was playing outside one day, and I had to go get a ball from the middle of the road, and it was in the middle of the road, just squished. Oh. It was flat. And I'm like, that's my kazoo! Oh. And I don't know how it got outside or ran over by a car. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> this is not this podcast. This I, just, I need my own podcast of me just spitting out, like, personal stories of mine. <laughs> that just the come outtakes. to mind. <laughs> That was very relevant, though, you know? Yeah, you know, it was a kazoo story, yeah. and it went missing, so, you know, it was probably a ghost. Yeah, me talking oh. about kazoos was probably off topic, but I decided that if anyone should know anything about me, that's it. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm a bit of a Shakespeare nerd, which is pretentious, and I know. Um, <laughs> and I don't know everything either. I think some people think I think I do, and I don't. It's, it's impossible. You have to keep learning. <laughs> to keep um, learning. <laughs> so I don't think I know everything. And I like kazoos, and... Uh, that's about it. That's it. That's me. <laughs> Yay. All right. Well, that's it, folks. That's all for End today. Yes. That's the it. End. I think it's that's all you need there. to hear. It's yeah, it's we've got time there. for. It. Um, <laughs> we got now. Um, no, Izzy has um, their own research 
that they did because they're, they're smart and cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's really interesting. So I'll um, hand the mic. Not really. The, <laughs> mic, <don't>. is, <laughs> the mic stays where it is. The mic stays where it is. Um, but I fake, I hand an invisible mic over to Izzy. All right. Did I write an intro to this? Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about a play, because theater. Oh, we should have a... I wish... Can we have a theater jingle? Oh, yes! Yeah. Uh, a theater... Th- uh, theater... Th- <laughs> this is the process here. Uh, I just theater... Th- theater weeder. Theater... Theater... Theater Peter. Theater... Theater eater. Or theater... Curse. So, no, that's no, theater. No, no, no. It's got to be third. Yeah, theater. yeah. Um, theater. What's a, what's a space that's th? Theater. <laughs> the theater theater. Um, wait, <laughs> theater, wait. Theater. Um, what's that line from Crazy Ex Girlfriend? Um, uh, God, she says what? Uh, we are thirsty for theater. No, no. Okay. no. no wait, wait, wait. No, not that. Okay. Um, a theater. Wait. Theater thumb. A theater thumb. Theater thumb. Uh, wait, I've got. Got this out. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, wait. This is so long. Um, the theater um, thorax. The theater thorax. <laughs> what? So the name of this seg- segment is now officially an abstract theatrical space. Welcome. Yeah, yeah I, like I like that. That's a good voice. Too. I like that. Thank you, Rachel Bloom, for writing a lyric that I then turned into that. Um, okay. Okay. So we're going to talk about a play. Yes. And um, I feel like whether or not you're into theater or Shakespeare, you've probably had some interaction with this play. I had to read it in school. I did not. I never read it. I've never seen did it. Did you have to read like any in school? I had to read three. Shakespeare plays in school. Yes, I think we read three too. We but read not, the Tempest. Not this one. Oh, I think I only... yeah, we read the Tempest, and he was like, "It's really hard," and then everyone, no one knew what was going on. So, <laughs> I think feel like if a teacher does that going in, it's just like, "Well, great, I'm set up to fail." <laughs> I actually hated reading Shakespeare in school, and I was like a Shakespeare like I was really into Shakespeare at the time, right. and I hated it in school. I think it's a terrible. Way to intro. The way it's taught is no, it is not. It makes you hate it. <laughs> no, it is seriously because I hated it until like, you know, you start doing it. Mm-hmm. You de- yeah. And some and people even then because they have that connotation in their head. So I think it's really yeah. upsetting. It is really um, upsetting because it's actually great. Like I used to, ha- I was like, I never want to, I never want to do this. You I were just so much. much. Yeah, but now I like it. You know. Yeah. Now I'm like, oh, I enjoy this. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah, it takes work, but it, I think yeah. also, if it's presented well, it's good. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I've also been in it twice. I uh, I was Lady M when I was like, I don't know, 13, 14. 13. And then I was in it again, and I played so many little characters, I could not tell you. Oh, I also played a servant once, and they actually, the person's supposed to be a stage slap, but then they really slapped me. And I was like totally fine with that at the time. Never do that. Um, but it right. crashed one of my earrings. Oh, no. It was so hard. I just remember that. Anyway, oh. that's really weird. Uh, that's a thing that happened. Um, <laughs> what? Um, anyway. I'd be so mad. I've seen it so many times. I've seen that show more t- Like, I could not tell you. <laughs> not even a ballpark. It's just oh so God. many times. 
Um, so it's commonly referred to, if you haven't guessed already, by character names I've spouted, um, but the Scottish play or Mackers or some places say the Bards play, but I've never heard anyone say that who wasn't <laughs> an old, like, theater teacher who was like, oh, the Bards play. The Bards <laughs> you know, like, like, I feel like there are a lot of <laughs> plays say, that like, could be dude. called that. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> The bard um, has a lot of plays. He, he didn't stop writing for a while. Um, <laughs> so it's bad luck for actors to say it or for anyone to say it in a theater. Um, hmm. And we're speaking of bad luck when saying it in a theater, we uh, had some bad luck as well. As, yes. Uh, I just kept talking for like 35, 40 minutes. And, uh, it and, uh, didn't. Record. Or it didn't record. Or it did, it and we lost and it. It crashed, and then, crashed, and then, then we, we lost, lost it. it. Yeah. So, uh, Actually, it, and the, the part it recovered up to was right up to the point where we designated this an abstract theatrical space. Yes. So, did so, you see, should, so it wasn't a theater up till then. Yeah. So, Because oh, we had a conversation about, is it okay to say it here? Yeah, we did. I was right. like, so is it cursed? And, and I said, here. jokingly, that the theater can be anywhere you want it. And then we're like, it's a theater here, everyone. And then, yeah. yeah. Stopped recording. So now, um, so, so you don't get to know the name okay. of the play. Well, I can say about. it in this way. The title is named after the main character, and the main character's name. <gasps> this is good. Macbeth. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. Because you can say the character name, otherwise you wouldn't be able to, you know. Do anything. Wait, did we have um, to read it in school? I never. No. I, I only read I Romeo and Juliet that. and Hamlet. Mm, yeah, the classics. <laughs> yeah. So the ones they're like, <laughs> the, let's the shove this ones. down your throats. Yeah. Also, at the time when we read Romeo and Juliet, I like really hated that play. I've Romeo since got like come to like because I saw like two productions where I was like, this is actually really good. You just have to remember their ages. Um, yeah. And also play yeah. about the thing about like. Wow, your parents' beliefs can really mess up your lives, can't they? As opposed to just being like, look at these two little annoying kids um, who were playing as if they're 25, even though they're like 13. So, yeah, I didn't like Romeo and Juliet at the time. Now I do. Um, but it has to be very specific. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't remember where my thought process was. Oh, I asked the question. <laughs> All right, we'll stop acting like this is recorded again. Um, <laughs> Do, do you believe that Shakespeare, real person, fake person, multiple oh, people? How yeah. do you feel? Um, I I think it was him. But uh, um, as I said before, like, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm well read enough on the subject. I know, like, facts about his life. I know that one of the main reasons it first got brought up was because he was not as educated as some of the other writers at the time. And so it was a bit of a class thing in a way. Yeah. And that like, that seems... oh, people who don't have a ton of education can't be smart. Right. Um, and some people were like, well, how would he have known Latin if he only had this? But like that much education at the time would have exposed you to Latin. And like so the... uh, there's a lot of different little things like that where you're like, this is kind of iffy but like I also respect the people who go out there and have these opinions mm -hmm. as long as they're not like really rude about them like so the <laughs> idea that it's a ton of different people um I just feel like it's so distinct yeah I agree. um because mm -hmm. I've read a lot of I can say this is in that realm is I've read a lot of his contemporaries and I like a lot of some of his contemporaries um but it's different. Mm -hmm. Even though it's a similar style, they're writing uh -huh. for the same people. Like, mm -hmm. 
it's different. And as I was saying, uh, I said Pericles as an example. Pericles mm-hmm. was written supposedly by Shakespeare and others. Like, for sure, it wasn't just Shakespeare. Right. We know that. Mm-hmm. And the first part is definitely is the part that's agreed to not be Shakespeare. And you can tell because the audience isn't really engaged until there's a moment. I mean, also, the story is really weird at the beginning. Um, it's really weird. Like, you try to... It's really yeah. funny to watch theater companies try to deal with the beginning and, like, what they'll do to, like, kind of get around how weird and uncomfortable the beginning is. But there's a moment, and it's in, like, within the text that you notice, like... People like my sister once said, like we went to a show, and she said, "I did you notice the moment that like people kind of leaned forwards in their seats, and it was the moment that we think Shakespeare started writing." Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of interesting, and I think no matter who it was, their understanding of human emotions, especially in a time period where we don't have any studies about like psychology or anything like that, mm-hmm. is really interesting. And the yeah. imagery, like, because these play all of these stories, none of them are original. Some of them are a combination of multiple stories, yeah. but none of them are like, I just thought, except maybe Mary Wives of Windsor, because <laughs> it's a second play about one of his other characters from a different play. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like fan fiction on like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of that play. Some people love it, but um, I don't know. I think it's funny so to none of it as a fan fiction. I think though. it's always funny. Do you think of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern as a fan fiction of Hamlet? Um, <laughs> I mean, technically, I, that's yeah, what it is. it's um, true. Why are some more valid than others? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, don't read the others. Um, yeah. But you uh, train of thought. It's gone. <laughs> um, uh, but like these stories, have, they're none of them are new. But there's a reason we latch onto these ones and not some of the other mm-hmm. versions of these stories. I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet is not a was not a new story. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, now we latch on to, like, West Side Story for different reasons, but when people were like, you can't say that's a ripoff because the original one was a ripoff. Everything's a ripoff. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's literally. true. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, there we go. So, now we're going to go into the background of the play. Woo-hoo! <laughs> All right. So, historical context of when the play was written a little bit. And we're going to talk about this real handsome guy uh, <laughs> in the 16th century. You look him up, he's not. Um, <laughs> is, any, is any king at that time, like, good-looking? I don't no, think so. No, um, no. So King James the Sixth of Scotland. Um, and he's really into witches. Yes. Um, Sometimes, like, not always positively, he leads a ton of witch hunts in Scotland at the time, but he's also just kind of obsessed with them in general and, like, the idea of them and everything. Everything was witches, you know? Um, and you... He became king when he was 13 months old because um, his mom was forced to abdicate, as you do. Uh, And his mom was the one and only Mary, Queen of Scots. Uh, And on that topic, Mary also ascended to the throne young at six days old. That's insane. Which I I thought was Which is, I don't know how that works. Yeah. Well, she needed a little help to get up there. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some, <laughs> someone helped her ascent. <laughs> yeah. picked she didn't her up. crawl there by herself. Um, <laughs> Who are the real men behind the politics? Yeah, they're, what are they called? Know. They're called... Oh, I should know. Um, just all, all words have gone out of my mind. But there's like a name for the person who's supposed to like take care of you, in quotes, who isn't really taking care of you. They're not like your nursemaid, but they're like the person who's actually doing the ruling. Oh. Until you become of age. Right. But then also, you know, if the kid has a tantrum and says something, you're supposed to technically, like, 
you're like, oh, yes, uh, whatever. You don't listen. Um, it's really... English, like, like history of kings and queens is really crazy. If you it like is it. really crazy. Like, yeah. I feel like most of my knowledge I know from, like, Shakespeare's plays of English history, but then, like, doing research about them. So I know a lot about weird, like, eras in English history, but not a lot of other ones. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so you know Mary, Queen of Scots, because she was beheaded. On yes. the order of her first cousin, once removed. An important that. distinction. Uh, <laughs> Queen Elizabeth yeah. I of England. Yes. Um, I guess watch the movie if you're into that. I don't know. <laughs> Just didn't watch it. They never actually met in person. Hmm. Oh. So the movie's interesting. I mean, it's an artistic liberty. Do what you want. Yeah. Haven't I'm seen either. it, so cannot comment. <laughs> yeah. Not either. Uh, some people say that her death and like, oh, her execution, and I think he was like early 20s, like 2021. 20, um, was one of the inciting factors in his obsession with magic and dark things. I guess because he got sad. <laughs> I mean, when I get sad, I guess I don't know what I. Maybe, maybe he wanted to dabble into different. I don't know. Maybe he wanted to speak like, with his. It's like it's like his emo phase. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I didn't think about it. Like yeah, emo phase. It just continued through the rest of his life. Um, <laughs> Some people are like that, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. Do what you want. We here lose. at Known Unknowns support yeah. you in your endeavors. Right. Exactly. <laughs> your emo phase never ends. That's all right. We respect you. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, a few years <laughs> after his mom's death, he was also sailing back from Denmark, I believe picking up his new wife. Um, you know, because oh, yes. that's what you, you go you and just, like, you, pick, you grab pick one, up. put him yeah. on a ship and sail back. Pick up his new wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he almost drowned in a storm. And he became convinced that witches conjured the storm, mm-hmm. and he led a wish, winch, wow, <laughs> a witch hunt, wish hunt on a coastal town nearby, um, which sucks for those people. But. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> and he also wrote Demonology. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> demonology. Oh, I which... looked it up last time. I think it's demonology. Because I, I, I thought it was demonology, but then but it's spelled I, weird, right? I tried to like play it on the website and yeah. it said like, demonology. <laughs> According to dictionary.com says it's demonology, so take that for what you will. Well, yeah. demonology. There <laughs> we go. And it was like his Something. dissertation on all things dark arts, demons, witches, all the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Queen Elizabeth the first, you know, the person who executed his mom. Right. Died in 1603, and James VI of Scotland became James I of England and Ireland. And so he was actually ruling, you know, like three countries. Yeah, I'm confused about how that works. He was ruling multiple... And, like, they all... It's almost like... They all had different laws, like states <laughs> do, I guess. I wonder if you have, like, like a book, like, a of, like, rules for each, like, place. And he's yeah. like, wait, let me whip this out. Let me see um, I feel like he how this applies. wasn't that involved. Like, that's, I don't feel like that's what it's doing. That's the police. <laughs> the police okay, yeah, that's, that's true. Hopefully they know the laws. Um, it's the police. Did thing. they have police back then? Magistrates, perhaps? The magistrates? <laughs> Um, no. Wow, I should I know history. Uh, there's like guards and <laughs> people with money somewhere. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, weapons and money. It is. Um, so 
He's a new king of England, and that means there's a lot of people who want to suck up to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's including playwrights. And they're like, Ooh. oh, this guy loves like dark stuff. So Christopher okay. Marlowe wrote Dr. Faustus, which is a really famous play in 1604. And then Shakespeare wrote the Scottish play around 1606. We do not know exactly when, because I don't, I don't even think Knackers was one of the ones they found. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, is this one of his later plays or yes. earlier plays? Okay. Later. Okay. later. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, yeah, not one of his first ones. Not one of his, yeah. Um, I'm going to look this up. <laughs> it's one of, it is his, I want to say it's his shortest play. Um, oh, is it? Wait. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, right. it's later. It's like, one of his first plays is like, is like 16 years earlier, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's into it. He's got it going. Um, uh, so Shakespeare, it said that he did a lot of research on witches. And it also is said that the line, though his bark cannot be lost, yet it shall be tempest-tossed, bark being ship, um, <laughs> is a reference to the storm that James was caught in at sea. Hmm. It's also important to note that historically James I was descended from a character in the play Fleance, although some other people say he could also be directly descended from Duncan the King. It's just that whole lineage is crazy. But definitely from Fleance, so um, you can see the aspect of, like, who is good and who is bad in the play. We are sucking up. Just like how the play Henry VIII is a suck-up play to Queen Elizabeth I because he wants to keep his position. And he's like, look, at your mom and dad are so happy and we're going to stop it before your m- dad cuts your mom's head off. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I've, like, never read any of or even watched any of those any of Shakespeare's more like history, I like I actually um, really love his histories except for that one. That, that really? one, because that one's are a total like suck up. Okay. The other ones are great. Henry the Fourth Part One is like one of my favorite plays. Are they pretty? Um, will I learn some stuff? Was it pretty accurate to history? Some of it like, is. I mean, like when you're talking about like sons and kings and stuff, but okay. then you like there's like a character Mortimer who's actually a combination of two people at the time who were named Mortimer. So um, yeah. But you kind of get the structure of what was going on in the wars that happened in those time periods. Well, actually, I'll need to read those, because I'm always like, I bet those are boring, and then I don't read them. <laughs> and if you struggle with them, you know, there's no shame in, like, watching a movie version. <laughs> no, that's absolutely what I'll do. Or, yeah. like, listen to the audiobook version or something. Yeah, like, there's listen the, to the it. Hollow Crown yeah. came out. Oh, God, not as recently as I think it did. But it's a series <laughs> where they did, like, all the histories together with mostly the Ooh. same actors, like, playing that... Characters reoccur, so sometimes yeah. they have, depending on the play, they'll have the character reoccur. So, like, Tom Hiddleston is the lead in um, Henry the Fourth Part One and Two and Henry the Fifth because he's all in all of those. Oh. Um, so, go check it out. This is yeah, paid promotional to... material. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh. So, fun stuff. Yeah, go uh, yeah, watch we're hiding that from me, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah. Didn't you, you know we're getting that? paid now? <laughs> you didn't get the emails from... Yeah. <laughs> the BBC is really backing us The now. BBC. <laughs> yep. Wow. Um, I see like that. Okay. So the origin of the curse of the Scottish play. Uh, did I say that this is about the curse of the Scottish play or did I just say it was about a play earlier? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably it didn't. Um, Hopefully I mean, they assume based the on this yeah. content that it's something. Yeah, something's, something's going wrong right, with this right. play. Okay. Uh, the common belief is that Shakespeare wrote real spells into the play yes. and inadvertently <laughs> brought the curse on himself. Yeah. Uh, some people say <laughs> that the curse was started simply by putting spells and incantations in the play, while others mm-hmm. say that a whole real coven of witches 
<laughs> went to the play on a field trip. Um, <laughs> girls' night. Yeah. Girls' night. Girls night. They brought just, wine. Um, I love that. Yeah, it was BYOB. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely BYOB situation. Absolutely. Um, well, they were offended that real incantations were used and they cursed the play. And you know how girls' night can get when you get a little, like, one person gets mad. Yeah, and you back them up. You back them up. <laughs> you, that is they were cold. a riot on their own. Like, yeah. just... Ooh, I could. I believe it. This yeah. is what I'm believing. Yeah, <laughs> this is my truth. <laughs> this is my truth. Yes. Um, yeah. Other story. people believe that um, it's simply because the play has complex sword fights, usually has like smoke and low lighting, and people go real ham and crazy with like the set design, and sometimes add like trapdoors. That can't be it. So some people say <laughs> that's why people do. Surely not. It's obviously the witches. Surely not because it's been yeah. being done for four hundred years. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, uh, the 400-year time span. What are you talking about? That doesn't add anything. That doesn't add anything. How intense I don't see a list no. like this for Hamlet. No. No. Even though I'm I mean, sure many people have died in Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure if we Actually, put in the effort, we could compile one. I kind of believe this one. I want to say that in a production of Othello once, an audience member was so convinced by the... by um, the actor playing Iago, who's like really evil... That he got so upset that he stood up and shot him. Oh, I feel like I've heard that. I think I that's didn't know real. that. That was just something that was told to me a long time ago, so I'm just accepting it as fact and not looking it up. I believe <laughs> it. And then I want to say that, like, on his tombstone, they said, like, the best actor ever or something. Oh, um, that's they were, like, cute, though. It was, like, wild. I want to say it's, like, Wild West, but that's just my brain, so I don't know if that's how I'm making that up. <laughs> so I could totally be doing that. I want I want to believe it's the Wild West. Uh, the, the, the Wild West would do a production. The Wild West. <laughs> yes. Oh, yikes. Um, yes, anyway, that. To counteract the curse, you go outside. Okay. You run around the okay. theater. You okay. spin three times, I believe, in, in one spot. What? You spit. And then you can either swear or quote a line from a different Shakespeare play, most popularly, Angels and Ministers of Grace Defend Us. And then knock and wait to be let back into the theater. <laughs> Um, that's Ooh. the most common thing. People, all people have weird things. For instance, <clears throat> <laughs> everyone. Um, here's Listen a clip. up. Here's a clip from the wildly popular Blackadder with uh, oh, yes. Rowan Atkinson. If you're a Mr. Bean fan, um, this one he talks. Um, this one he talks. And um, he, some actors have come to his house, and he wants to mess around with them. So, uh, hell yeah. By the Scottish play, I assume you mean Macbeth. What was that? They do that multiple times in the scene. <laughs> I love that. It's fun. Uh, His actors are insane. Let me tell you, they're so superstitious. One of the things I had to learn the hard way in theater school was, <laughs> wow, actors are weird. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, actually, this was something I was going to say later, but this is a perfect time. Um, so I was reading a quote that was talking about the people who work at the Globe and their mm-hmm. opinion on the curse. But also it says, at the Globe, we're even architecturally superstitious. Oh. There's cosmology. God, I almost wanted to say cosmetology. <laughs> There's cosmetology. There's cosmology built into the theater. If you look at the stage, the idea is that we're performing between the heavens and hell. And at the top of the arch in the center is a portrait of fame, which we perform underneath. You can see that she is carrying two trumpets. One is said to broadcast the bad things people say about you. The other amplifies the good things. 
Um, when we're designing the production, we try not to cover her portrait. We want her to blow the good trumpet, so it needs to be on show. That's kind of adorable. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, you know, more yeah. superstitious. Theater people are superstitious, the which I kind of, I just, I want to know why. Maybe because we're like kind of, a lot of us are very spiritual and kind of hippy dippy. Maybe. Yeah. That's kind <laughs> of. So many other people aren't, but they still like, they have their routine. They have their, yeah. You know, even like actors who are definitely not spiritual, who some of them are not very nice, but mm-hmm. you know, they have their thing that they have to do. You know. It could be like a pretentious kind of thing too, or yeah. like a oh, you need to be in the clique to understand. Like you know, oh, you yeah. you mm-hmm. have to oh, you don't know this theater thing. Let me tell you about it. Yeah, it's like I don't you know. Did, you <laughs> never sang this in high school you before a show to like you know? For oh, well, good we luck. always did that. We yeah. always sorry. <laughs> the one time we didn't, I stubbed my toe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, okay. I guess we solved that question. Yep. Sorry. Uh, done and done. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we're gonna go into the history. Of all the incidents that have happened in this play. I'm ready. All right. 1606. According to lore, this is the original production. The actor who was supposed to play Lady (gasps) Macbeth died before their first performance. And Shakespeare himself went on in his place. Which, first of all, I love. Because I know Shakespeare was an actor. Like, Mm -hmm. we know that. And that's one of the reasons as well that I think he's a good writer. Because he probably understands actors. He's like, you know what? I don't have to put a ton of subtext there. I'm going to put it on there. You can't put subtext in Shakespeare. It doesn't really work. Mm -hmm. I mean, not in the way you do with modern text. Right. It's like different meaning. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also just love thinking of him in a Lady Macbeth costume. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, me too. uh, It's also said that James then, James the first, then banned the play for like years and it wasn't performed for like a hundred years in England because he was so scared. Oh. Which would make sense because he was... Obviously, super yeah, that's feels... true. I didn't think, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I saw on a website that, like, which is very true. We don't know anything about this time period, and so it's like it's easily disproved because we don't know what day the show was premiered, and we don't have a record of who played who. Mm-hmm. But then other people right. can be like, exactly, we don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any, you know, I think anyone who's like, this is easily disproved, and then just says, we don't know anything, is like, that's, I mean, that's not great. <laughs> right. That's not a great way to dispel evidence. <laughs> like, if someone comes in, it's like, I heard this happened, and the other person's like, well, I haven't heard anything about it. We're not <laughs> right. quite sure about what happened that night, so. So, I'm not saying it is true. I'm just saying, like, it's a weird way to dispel evidence. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Same century. Uh, 1672 in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Prop dagger was swapped out for a real, real dagger. And the actor who played Duncan was allegedly stabbed live on stage and died. Oh, my. Bit of, like, snuff theater. But Jesus. Um, That's scary. Yeah. When I first read that, I was like, that doesn't make sense to me because... Why were you stabbing them that hard <laughs> with a, a fake dagger? And then also this death in the text is off stage. But then a lot of people like to do it on stage because they're like, ooh, we can have more violence. And then I read somewhere else that it was like an on-purpose murder. Uh, I could, so that's that what seemed, I... That seems like more real. That seems and the, more. I'm like, what a good cover. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't that's... switch them. And how do you accidentally switch the like this prop? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess they didn't have like thing? like bright orange tape to like put on. And be like, this is <laughs> the real one. <laughs> well, why um, did they have a real one in the? Fr- okay. Well, I mean, it's it's 17th century, so. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's people would have around. I mean, 
Yeah, it's yeah. like the hitman level where you sneak into the dressing room and you exchange the gun, the prop gun for a real gun, so he shoots the guy in the opera. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, only I get the reference, but it's a good one. <laughs> Believe me. Yeah, I could definitely see that had to have been scarring for people because it that's obvious that it's not mm-hmm. real. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that it is real, that it's not fake. It's happened on a lot of places, I feel like, on film sets and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's more regulations now. Yeah. Um, yay! Regulations the save us all. Bless you. Excuse me. <laughs> Bless you. Oh my Bless god. Oh, sorry. All right. We're moving along to the next century now. 1721. Yes. A riot at Lincoln Inn Fields, which I believe is a theater. If I'm wrong, you can call me out. <laughs> um, Seriously. Email us. Email us at nonunknownspodcast.gmail.com. Bully me online. <laughs> yeah, feel free to find them online. Bully them all you want about the yeah. research. You know. I tried my. Um, you could ask other people. I've been doing this. This is just taking me a while to compile. I tried my best. Um, yeah. February 1st. Anyway. 1721. We're coming up on the anniversary. In a few oh days. Everyone, we should have Four a party. In, I think for this one, you'll see in a minute why, but for this one, I think what you have to do in honor of it is get really drunk and go to the theater. Yes. Just yeah. kidding. Please don't do that. Yeah, don't. <laughs> Often do that. you annoying. really, yeah, don't do that. Um, a drunken audience member who was an earl. Um, wait. <laughs> okay. I love this quote because this is from someone who was there in 1721. And this was a quote yes. about the drunk guy who was unnamed. But um, he was said, and with some degree of certainty, as he drank uh, Askeba, which is, I am so sorry, I butchered the title of that whiskey, um, constantly at his waking, to have been in a state of drunkenness for six years. <laughs> My God, just constantly he's drunk. just an alcoholic. <laughs> just an alcoholic, but just the way they the way they phrased it was so so nice. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. It was just constantly because you know every day he woke up and drank some whiskey. Just constantly, drunk. <laughs> I mean, he's very imagine having money to like wake up and drink whiskey every morning. <laughs> okay, but yeah, <laughs> whiskey right. expensive. Yeah. I wish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I Being wish. alcoholic if I had money. Right. right? No, sorry, so sorry, sorry. Being uh, a drug addict or alcoholic is so expensive. It is. And we do not condone it. Uh, right. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, this uh, drunken Earl saw a friend of his on the opposite side of the stage and yes. did the most obvious thing, which was to cross in front of the whole audience in order to get to his friend. Um... <laughs> This, call, this caused much anger amongst oh, his patrons, and um, he was threatened by the manager with being banned from the theater forever because it like stopped the show. So um, it was in the middle of the show. In the right? middle okay. of the show, it just it wasn't intermission. He Good. just yeah. And uh, <laughs> the Earl slapped the manager in yes. the face. Yes. And the manager slapped back, I believe, repeatedly. <laughs> um, Great. And then, because it's the uh, 1700s, swords were drawn. Of course. And actors jumped up to defend their manager. Yes. Because they can do yes. so much. What are they going to do? Take out their fake swords? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> they were all planning on murdering each other yeah, later in the show. But so they all had real weapons. <laughs> they all had real weapons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um too good. So the Earl was driven out, but 
he was only driven out of the theater, so he was in the front of house, and he was still angry and drunk, so he slashed curtains and all the stuff in the front of house no. area. Um, and oh, then really? other riders had, like, joined in, so it wasn't just, a, like, a one-on-one Just fighter. a one-man riot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, the lead actor helped hold back the riders, in, and then they were arrested, and they had mm-hmm. to pay damages. And then riot yeah. soldiers were sent to the Lincoln and Fields, as well as Drury Lane, which is a very um, important theater. Mm-hmm. All right, 1775. Wow, moving on up. Moving up. Um, This one's just one sentence. Yes. The actress playing Lady Anne narrowly avoided being physically assaulted by an audience member. That seems more of an audience member thing. Um, (laughs) Maybe be a better patron. Yeah, maybe. could not find anything else about that. Actually, I bet that happens a lot. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of my worst fear, actually. Yeah, like someone reaches out and touches you or tries (sighs) to locate you. Yeah. Did some outdoor theater last year, and you're just so close to them, you know? You're so close mm-hmm. to them. Yeah, but no. they're all, they were mus- they were really they're friendly. friendly. Yes. <laughs> they come up to you after the show, and they all, like, are like, I know you. And you're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But I liked it. It was good. It was good. They were yeah. very nice. <laughs> all right. Another riot. Yay. Yes, 1800 now. 1809. 1809. Oh, new century. How exciting. How exciting. <laughs> Covent Garden. Uh, it was a theater, and it had just been rebuilt after a big fire, because... They all burned down. They all burned down. You need to do this. I know. You need to do a thing on fires, uh, theater mm-hmm. fires. Yep. Uh, I liked listening to your thing that one time. I'm sure I still have class. the PowerPoint. Yeah. Yep. Use the PowerPoint. Yeah. And put that I on absolutely uh, have it still. I will. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was basically the only, like, theater at the time that was for, like, the public and everyone mm-hmm. to go see, and not, like... You know, real rich people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cough, cough. We need to work on that now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so when they reopened, they decided to do Mackers because it was a very popular play, and they had a famous actress, Mrs. Siddons, who was playing. Oh, her. <laughs> you know the one. <laughs> you know her, right? She was in that thing. <laughs> she ordered the thing. She, yeah, she was just great. She's great, real pretty. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so she did that, um, and so everyone was really excited. So there was a rush of people who wanted to go see it, mm-hmm. um, and management wanted to make up a little bit of the money for the rebuild. So they hiked up ticket prices. Um, they increased. They also. Increased the amount of private boxes, which reduced the size of the gallery, which is, you know, the lower prices. Mm-hmm. And the gallery prices actually remained the same. It was everything else that went up. Because okay. I think gallery prices at the time were, like, pretty much across the board, like, whatever theater you went to. Yeah. So it would be weird to put those up. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had redone the stage, and the rake of the stage, which is, like, the tilt, because, you know, at this time, they weren't they didn't have flat stages in general. Yeah. It was more common to for it to be at a tilt. It was so steep, though, that in the gallery, you couldn't really see anything but the actor's feet. <laughs> I don't That's quite yeah, logically not sure how that see that in my brain, work. but apparently that was a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't get it. Also, oh, think of your calf muscles. Um, yeah, really, though. <laughs> I was like, that's a workout. Yeah. Like, I've been a, I've ooh. worked at one wrecked stage, and I was like, ooh. No, <laughs> I don't think barely it. anything, and I'm like, yikes. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, that would be hard. I'm also out of shape, always. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, people got really angry, and there was yelling, and there was riots for the first few nights until prices were dropped again. Fair. Yeah, do that. Uh, drop your theater prices, if mm-hmm. you can, but also pay your actors and your... It's people. It's it's true. Right. Um, <laughs> so, true. <sighs> so hard. Why are we doing the arts? Um, yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> 1849. 
This is the biggest, most famous riot. Um, Ooh. The Astor Place Riot. Astor Place. In America. We're in America. We're in America. Because hey. America's now a thing. Earlier, it wasn't really a thing. Um, yes. I mean, America was discovered Oh yeah, you know, before, but like it wasn't a thing. When did America happen? I don't know history. <laughs> America is mentioned once in Shakespeare's plays. Really? Ooh. The That's Americas. It? The Americas. Okay. <laughs> in Comedy Bears. Uh that's another play. Um, <laughs> that's another play. Uh, anyway, American actor Edwin Forrest was rivals with the more, they always use this word, restrained British actor <laughs> William McReady. But I'm like, have you seen like classic British accents, uh, actors? They're always restrained. They're always, yeah, I was going like, to. If, if Colin Firth is the quintessential British actor. Right. This is like a Colin Firth versus Nicolas Cage. Oh, yes. got it. oh my god. Um, I mean, I'd kind of be on Colin Firth's side, but um, but yeah. But also, have you seen the Colin Firth in interviews? Because he's not restrained. He's not. <laughs> That's just he knows how to play it well. Yeah. Um, anyway, the rivalry split opinions in the public eye, and both sides had very strong supporters. Like you're saying, yes. I think earlier, <laughs> Spider Man. Spider Man. Who's the best fun? Yeah. Yeah. It's the only thing I can think of because there's not two actors that I'm like. Yeah, because it's also they, they were playing a lot of the same roles. So, you know, you yeah. don't pit people against each other as much, unless they're playing. And all That's of the big true. actors we know are in movies. And although recently we've had a lot of resurgence of like, let's do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. In general, it's the idea is supposed to be new things. Oh. Right. So there's less of that. Mm-hmm. Um... But, so, on May 12th of 1849, MacReady was playing the titular role in the Scottish play. Thousands, and I believe Forrest was also playing um, him at the time, just mm-hmm. at a different theater. Mm-hmm. And so thousands of Forrest's supporters stormed the Astor, Pal- uh, Astor Place Opera House, and state militia troops were called in. Ugh. Um MacReady tried to continue the performance inside, but eventually fled and was never seen on an American stage again. I mean, same. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> right, right. I picture him running into the forest, <laughs> obviously next to this theater, and then, like, never coming out again and just living with the bears. Or, like, living with the animals in the forest. He was never the seen land. on an official stage, but he right. played so much for those bears. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to, I know it's like, oh, he was never seen on an American stage again. Yeah, like, but I picture him just never being seen again. Like, yeah. he runs away into the forest and lives off the land and <laughs> hiding. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears with yeah. the bears um, repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I picture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all joking aside, this was a really... Um, really fatal riot because um, the troops who were called in fired their weapons as they often do and an estimated 25 people died and more than 120 were injured and that included the state militias because they like militia because they were you know not great what they were doing yeah Um, probably hurt each other a lot in (laughs) the craziness Uh Uh, and that might just seem like crazy like people going this crazy over two actors, but it is actually a bit more like a bit of a class thing because the working class was kind of represented by Forrest's supporters. And then like everyone saw Mac Reddy as this like upper class 
guy was getting all this yeah. attention. So it was more of a class thing than actually just being like, I'm like Nicholas Cage more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that that's the person that we picked. <laughs> yep. yep, yep. Um, yeah. He's the hero of the story, really. Yeah. 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 Uh, as he is of all good stories. <laughs> all right. National Treasure 2. Yeah. My dad loves Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I do too. What's the one I really want to see The Color Out of Space. We need to see that. What's story. the airplane one? The Christian one? Where oh. all the bad people who aren't good Christians disappear? What? I, I don't know. I think they were trying to make a sequel. Because I feel like it's based on a book. But it just never happened. Um, oh, that's really good. It's it's so much to watch. I love it. Um, I love that. Anyway. Um... <laughs> More paid promotional material. Yeah, more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. 1865. Whenever I get off track, I'm just going to say a date. 1865. 1865. Um, this is exciting for you, Carly, because of Lincoln. Yes, yes Lincoln. <laughs> so some people say um, that President Lincoln read Macos the night before he was assassinated. Oh, yeah, you did. Um, I believe it. For This is actually possible because it was his favorite play. What a weirdo. Um, and he's said to have brought a copy of it along a trip down some river I didn't write the name of. Um, <laughs> uh, down a river in 1865. Down a and river. he read some passages that follow the scene where Duncan the King is assassinated. And he was killed a week later within a theater. So, yeah. yeah, I believe that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. Okay. Yeah. I kind of believe this Poetic. weird shit. Yeah. Um, 1937, Laurence Olivier, very huge Shakespeare actor, um, if you don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like people have, you've heard that name, even if you don't oh, know the yeah. context. No, I, um, yeah. <laughs> so, during rehearsals, a falling weight from the theater barely missed Olivier, and if it had hit him, it wouldn't have just hurt him, he would have died. So, like, everything, this one's literally on every single list of, like... Yeah. Macos, Scottish play things. Um, the opening was postponed. I don't remember if that was due to that or something else. Uh, the director yeah. and the actress playing Lady M were together in a car and they got in a car crash and were sent to the hospital. They were okay in the end. A portrait fell off the wall on opening night. That's the stuff I like. I, like I know. That. <laughs> I like that. I love everyone going, <gasps> yeah. a portrait fell off the wall. Um, the theater manager had a heart attack either on his way to the dress rehearsal or in the dress rehearsal and died. Oh, um, that's rough. And then this one, there's varied stories. It's either that Olivier's sword broke in the middle of a sword fight and a piece of it flew off the stage or it's that it was a real weapon and it flew off the stage. But I I think it probably broke because that's a common thing with swords. If you're hacking away. Yeah. If you're not... Um, do I get points from my teachers? If you're not casting the energy um, correctly. Okay, <laughs> great. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, use your swords correctly, guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. Uh, but anyway, it flew off the stage one way or another and um, in, gave an audience member a heart attack. Shit. And then they died. So two heart attacks, one show. Uh, that sounds like a weird That's... movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, video, internet video. Yeah. Too hard to text one play. <laughs> oh, oh, God. God. All right, 1942. Sir John Gielgud, another very famous actor, um, is at the Piccadilly Theater during the run of the show. Three actors, two who are playing witches, 
And one who was playing the assassinated king, Duncan, died during the run of the show. And then the costume designer committed suicide. I don't really like that that's in there because, you know, that shouldn't be like just lumped in <laughs> right. with everything else. Also, and one uh-huh. thing I saw that it said that also the set designer did. But then I'm wondering, is that real fake or were they the same person? But this was also like a big theater. So I feel like it had to be two different mm-hmm. people. Yeah. It wasn't like... A low budget, like, well, you can do sets too, right? Like, right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, but so I don't know about that. I mean, like, I've been asked yeah. to do a set design once, and I was like, no. <laughs> they're like, you know, theater. And I was like, I, nope. No. Like, I, it's like, I don't want to know. No. I don't even, I wouldn't be like, do you, do you need a bed? Like, right. <laughs> do you need, what, what do you need? need? No, no, no. Because <laughs> that's all you're getting. <laughs> right. You get a bed, maybe a chair. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, 1947, actor Harold Norman, who was notorious for not believing in the curse, mm-hmm. died during the play, um, during Good. his stage battle. Yes. Um, and his spirit appears on Thursdays, which is um, uh, in this theater. <laughs> <laughs> just wherever, in a random everywhere. Location, random <laughs> because that's the day he died. That just Crazy. like fell off the window a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> Our phone's <All> right. <laughs> It wasn't it's doing the anything curse. anyway. Our <laughs> makeshift. Yeah. It's gonna fall. This is so guys, we're so professional. Yes, we are still recording. We're very professional. Um, This is really long. Sorry. All right. All right. It's It's different. I will say it's different this time. Um. So this is this is you know. know. Yeah. All right. 1953. So in this production. The castle was supposed to be set on fire because we love making no. <laughs> old plays new by doing things like setting something on fire. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, making the witches do modern dance. Not that that's something I've seen or anything. <laughs> or, um, that was really rough. Making the witches do modern dance. Really, modern dance. Or really set something on fire. So rough. <laughs> it's his uh, shortest yes. play. But I've never felt like a play was longer. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Anyway, so this one was set on fire. And um, on yeah. opening night, lo and behold, uh, it spread. And yeah. it burned yeah. actor Charlton Heston on his legs because somehow the kerosene got on his legs. But rough. then, and I saw that like multiple times in like multiple different mm-hmm. sources. But then there was just randomly one source that was like, well, he suffered a motorcycle crash during rehearsals and his legs were horrifically burned. What? But then it says during a performance oh, and it emerged that his tights had been mysteriously soaked in kerosene. So I don't really understand. I don't know. Because it seemed like it was saying that the motorcycle crash caused the burns, but then also like the performance did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either way, his legs were burned in some way. He was not happy. That's sad. Mm. I'm yeah. guessing he wasn't happy. doesn't say. Um, I was really into it. Uh, I was really into that. <laughs> Yikes. He crashed his kerosene-powered motorcycle, and it yeah. soaked his legs. There we go. And legs. then he went to the theater. Yeah, right. It didn't change his pants. <laughs> didn't, didn't, no. He was wearing no. his costume on the way. Yeah, he was, he was running away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. 1988, a Broadway production starring Glenda Jackson and Christopher Plummer. Um, they're both famous people. <laughs> You're laughing at Christopher Plummer. Yes. But, um, <laughs> so famous for many things, probably most well known for whatever his name is in the 70s. <laughs> yes. I can't think of his name. 
<laughs> the main the main guy in the sound of music. The main guy in the sound of music. Uh, Captain Von Trapp. Yes, Captain, Captain Von, Trapp. Von Trapp. There we go. Wow, I'm not a musical theater kid, I guess. Huh? <laughs> um, he's but he's also done so much Shakespeare. Like he's known for it, especially in Canada. Oh, um, he's one of the leads in the Stratford. Shakespeare Festival there, which is a great festival if you ever have money to go. Right. Um, <laughs> they, they have some really great stuff. Uh, but anyway, during this production, also Glenda Jackson's great. Really old. They're both really old. Now. <laughs> um, yeah, they really, she just yeah. uh, played King Lear, I think. Mixed reviews. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, apparently went through three directors. Five MacDuffs, six cast changes. Don't know if those cast changes include the MacDuffs. Yeah. Uh, no. Didn't say. Six stage managers. That's that's crazy to me. Stage managers, like, that many. Okay. Yeah. Um, two set designers, two lighting designers, 26 bouts of flu, torn ligaments, and groin injuries. Do you think things would be... Of flu. Yeah. Does that mean, like, one person one got in 26 <laughs> I would hope that on Broadway things would be more regulated and that this is weird, but also I'm like, would it? <laughs> I mean, the Spider-Man musical guys. No. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, 1988. Or, so, well, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But people tear ligaments a lot. In yeah. Theater, I feel it's true. <laughs> but the other stuff, things. that's the other really weird. weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. 1990. The eight. So we're into everyone's lifetimes now, correct? Yes. There's no one here who was born after 1998, right? No. Oh, in my class the other day, there was like, everyone was in the 2000s. What? What? (laughs) Like, I know I'm a baby, but you're a baby. Right. Um... Wow. So, this is the second time in two weeks that Alec Baldwin has been mentioned. Yeah. Um, hey. He was uh, mentioned in our last episode. Yeah. The Alec Baldwin show. The everybody. Alec Baldwin show. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> um, yeah. But Alec Baldwin was playing opposite the one and only Angela Bassett, because we love her. Um, anyway, but he cut open the hand somehow of his Macduff, I believe probably in the sword fight. I don't know how else. Unless he just like went up to him and was like, eight. Here. Backstage <laughs> blood oath. Yeah, blood yeah. oath. We're blood brothers. Yeah. Blood brothers. <laughs> just really into it. Oh. Yeah. Just really into it. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say. Um, uh, yeah. And then really, you know, all the horrible Mackers over the years. I think that also falls under the curse. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, like modern uh, dance and body bags and whatever else you think is going to liven up your production. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to make it new but, and spice but, it up. To be fair, if you have a vision behind it, it right. can sometimes work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People yeah. have mixed opinions about the Patrick Stewart um, film version. Yeah, I think it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I yeah, I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Fun. You know, like little some vibes in there. Some people really hate it. I I kind of think it's fun. I think, I think it's, it's fun. fun. Yeah, um, I didn't hate it because there's like you can tell that there's a vision behind it. It's not just yeah. like let's make it weirdly modern. Right. Yeah, no, I so, agree. I mean, I agree so that. I'm not some sort of purist who's like I must must be set and this is but I'm also saying if you're making everyone doing modern dance and having Banquo. Lie in the corner with a microphone saying everyone's lines that maybe you should do something else. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just all I'm saying. Just sure. Um, so those are the main ones. I'm going to say a few other things. So first of all, um, I went to... Uh, all of, Most of this is like from theater companies, like pages. They all have pages on mm-hmm. it. But this was from the... Um, I think it's called Shakespeare and Beyond. I want to say it's the Folger website. Um, and they were just interviewing actors in the company. 
think. Or did they have a company? Yes, maybe. Um, <laughs> and anyway, an actress named Laura Rockland said, and I, I included this because it's about saying the name as opposed to just the play happening. Yeah. Um, uh, she said, I was at an doing an outdoor production of As You Like It a few summers ago, and there was an actor backstage who kept saying the name of the Scottish play because he knew it annoyed me and found my reaction funny. Uh, we've all met that was, person yeah. <laughs> yeah he learned his lesson about taking the name in vain yes he during did. tech week the actor playing sylvius badly injured his knee playing basketball and had to be replaced and yes. then <laughs> i fell down the stairs during a tornado warning yeah. don't blame that guy just because you're clumsy yeah, right. <laughs> uh, fractured my ankle and had to do the preview performances on crutches by the time the show opened the brilliant costume designer had made uh in wellington boots part of my celia's disguise in the forest so i had a footwear large enough to fit my wrapped ankle what a hero. Um, but isn't it kind of funny that the, one of the actors got really like badly injured and probably on crutches or something like that or had a big cast and then they kicked him out of the show and he sounded like kind of a tool yeah. or he had to drop the show and then they kind of just accommodated uh-huh. for this other girl yeah, yeah. <laughs> was on crutches for open like right. I guess I don't one, know. a knee injury is different than a knee what, was That's the guy true. who was saying yeah. Macbeth the one who got injured or? I don't know it doesn't oh, okay. quite say I can't quite tell so oh. it might not oh that'd be sad that'd be sad if it was someone else yeah. um, well, I hope so he was. didn't learn his lesson yeah he didn't learn at all <laughs> I'm learn assuming anybody. he learned his lesson because Wait, no, I'm sure hair. they didn't let him hear the end of it yeah I'm sure everyone around him was real loud about it um <laughs> Yeah. Um, Sounds like a tool bag. Yeah. <laughs> Just mad. Tool bag. <laughs> it does. She ends with saying, if you're working on the play, it's technically okay to say the name, but I always tend to avoid using it. Out of habit. Um, I'm trying to think of mine. The only things that I could think of is, I guess, what we said earlier about me being slapped. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot of swords broke in one of the productions, but, I mean, we were using wooden swords, and they were hacking away, so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got sick one time, and I was really sad, and I missed a performance. Aww. But that's happened to me a lot, so. <laughs> I get sick a lot. <laughs> that happened to me at Columbia. Uh, <laughs> sad times. Um, but my sister has a better story. Yes. Because she was in one recently. Um, last four years, I hope. I have no understanding <laughs> of the passage of time. Um, oh. um, it was yeah. a really good production, actually. Good. Uh, cool. I enjoyed watching it. Uh, but four people involved in the show hurt their left ankles. Oh. Um, three of them were sprains, and one was a break. Uh, and it was two oh. actors, an assistant stage manager, and a sound designer. Oh. All left ankles. Hmm. And they weren't, like... I don't think any of them were in the theater. I don't remember. The only one I remember was at a different theater that he was working at at the time, I believe. Oh. Like mm-hmm. a big theater, and he was working backstage there and did something stupid and hurt his ankle. I don't like that. Um, that's kind of that's So that scary. one's like, that one's honestly better than some of the bigger ones. Right. <laughs> that one's just like, ooh. Yeah. Um, no, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. It comes up a lot, I feel like, in anything that has to deal with Shakespearean actors, it's going to be mentioned. Oh, um, yeah. Like the curse. Uh, like, if anyone's a fan of Slings and Arrows, which I really am. Um, yes. It's a Canadian TV show. Mm-hmm. It's about a theater company. Um, but I actually, I did have a clip from them. So. <laughs> but um, it's basically, it's, you know, I can just explain it. It's basically like a director comes in and asks if something is for 
a Scottish play. Mm-hmm. And then jokes like, oh, wasn't I not supposed to say that? Let me spin three times. And then, um, spoilers. Um, and then she <laughs> spins three times and falls into the audience and, like, breaks something, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good show. It's a, I love that show. <laughs> yeah. I love good. it a lot. Uh, but, yeah. Um, the only other fun fact I have is that um, apparently the sign for Macros is the same as the sign for Scotland in British Sign Language. And some people are like, oh, it's because they don't want to say it. And I was like, I think it's probably because it's an easier <laughs> way to say it. It's just like probably the word play and then Scotland. Yeah. As opposed to like trying to think of their own sign for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because there are so many signs. But I thought it was funny that that was mentioned in an article somewhere, and I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's maybe, a belief. But, but also, it could also just be easier. Easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so in general, don't say it in theaters, and anywhere can be a theater. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't... I'm just going to stay away from it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it. I, yeah. Do you take pains not to say Macbeth? I, I the, do not. The word? Okay. Yeah. I do not really, unless I'm around. If I'm in a theater, I'll be aware because other people will yell. At you. Right. Other people are very yeah. But I feel like I, I just said Macros growing up just because it was fun. Like you love, I like Macros. You know, whenever yeah. there's like a nickname for a play, people love saying it. Like yeah. because then it implies you have some knowledge of it. Right. Like yeah. when I was an R and J, you know, like right. instead of saying, you know, like everyone loves doing that stuff. Oh they yeah, have a nickname for it. So I feel like that's the reason I said it as a kid, not because I was like superstitious right. about it. Mm-hmm. No. Okay, that's the end. The wow. end. That was really good. That's it. Thank you. Yeah, no, that was really good. I talked forever. An abstract theater space. An abstract. That was the end of the abstract abstract theatrical space. We are no longer in a theater. No, 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 no. So now we can say whatever we want. Now we can say whatever we want. Ours is pretty short. Is yours pretty short? Sure. It can be. I mean, I didn't know. Okay. Carly and I are both. Uh, heading into Conspiracy Corner. Conspiracy Corner! Dun dun. Uh, dun dun! I'm in the room where the magic happens. I know. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we're going into Conspiracy Corner. Yep, talking about a conspiracy uh, favorite. Jeez, all Tuck, heard touchstone. about it. Yeah. The Denver International Airport in, uh, in Denver. Colorado. In Denver, Colorado. Whenever I was reading about it, uh-huh. they're like, they said something about Colorado, and I was like, oh, it's in Colorado. <laughs> yes, Denver is in Colorado. I'm not smart. I think I don't I don't connect the dots. <laughs> you, you have a college it's... degree. You have more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the airport named after John Denver and, like, Texas or something? Where's he from? That's not true. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Don't lie to me. I'm confused. Okay. Um. So, do you want to start or do you want me uh, to you start? Go, you start. Okay. Well, I didn't write down... There's, like, actual facts about it that everyone should know. Did okay. you write those yeah, down? Yeah, so some fun facts. About, about the, the time it took and the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, okay, I'll start with that. Uh, start with that. So, yeah. the Denver International Airport, uh, fun fact, is home to the longest public-use public runway in North America. Oh! And seventh longest in the world. 
Uh, just uh, that, so you know. Um, okay. About a year ago, it launched a marketing campaign. Or actually, I think this was in like 2016. Yeah, I saw uh, For the new renovations that were beginning, making oh. fun of the conspiracy theories about it. That would yeah. like, feature like a lizard person. A lizard or person, or, yeah. Like the big Mustang statue with like lasers coming out of it. I'm going to talk eyes. about him. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. Uh, then, yeah, I'll talk about the building of it. I mean, it took a long time, right? Yeah, yeah. So work on it initially began in 1989. Uh Uh, Originally supposed to open in October of 1993. Mm -hmm. Then United Airlines, which is like the biggest airline at that airport, like had a bunch of requirements changing. So they pushed it back to December, then to March of 1994. Then there was a millwright strike and other issues put that pushed the timeline to May of 1994. Mm -hmm. And now... Uh, I, I got into like learning about the automated baggage handling system at the airport. Uh, so it was supposed to have a state-of-the-art computerized baggage handling system where instead of like having actual people scan barcodes and move bags around from place to from plane to and from planes, uh, like every other airline and airport ever right. has always done it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they're, underneath the airport, they're going to build a huge system of like little steel or like fiberglass carts and conveyor belts, mm-hmm. uh, like 22 miles of conveyor belts underneath the airport that are like all managed from one centralized computer. Okay, but how fun would that be to ride? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like a water slide. Uh, yeah, let me, more stats on it. Like a water slide. Okay, so the BuzzFeed video, really, right. I'm sure it was very accurate, um, mm-hmm. that I watched on it, they said that the people working on the airport were like, it took a long time. There's a complex, um, like, thing of tunnels underneath yeah, so, the airport. Yeah, so some of those tunnels were to accommodate this baggage system which like uh they had a lot of issues some were just like other like tunnels and stuff how much money did it go over budget like a lot uh yeah two billion dollars over budget yeah um anyway so the automated baggage handling system was supposed to like handle like four thousand bags at a time um and then in April 1994, the city invited a bunch of reporters to view the test of the system, and it did not work at all. They had, like, carts Ooh. tipping over, going around corners, conveyor belts just flinging suitcases out into space, luggage getting crushed and mangled, clothes flying <laughs> oh, everywhere. Oh, no. It's just, like, a total disaster. So the mayor canceled That's the opening rough. that was scheduled for May 15th. Um, only United Airlines, the that was the only airline that ever used even a part of the system. They just, it had... Like, the whole time they ever tried to use it, it was, like, always had, like, maintenance issues and was breaking down and losing luggage. Uh, So they finally opened the airport on February 28th, 1995, 16 months late and $2 billion (gasps) over budget. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it went through, like, 2,100 redesigns um, Mm -hmm. during the building process. (laughs) It was, yeah. So, so you could you could stuff. just chalk that up to poor project management, or is it cover for some other more nefarious plots? Yeah. Uh huh. Do you want to start talking about your stuff? Or? Uh yeah. Okay. Um. So you probably know, if you know anything about the airport, um, you probably know about the blue Mustang. So like the blue horse. 
the big old blue horse statue outside yeah. of it, and yeah. then it has like glowing red eyes. I whenever I first read about it, I'm like, okay, does it actually have red eyes? Does it actually glow? And they're actually like LED light, like red lights in the <laughs> eyes, so they're actually like really red. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, so it's known to locals by the nickname Lucifer. It's good. It's a Lucifer. Um, it's a cast fiberglass sculpture of a Mustang. Um, it's colored bright blue with illuminated glowing red eyes. Uh, it is notable both for its striking appearance and for having killed its creator, Lu- Louis Louise. Him- when a section of it fell on him at his studio yeah a piece of the head broke off and it like it cut an artery it like sliced an artery and he bled to death Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah it's like 32 feet tall and huge when you said that i assumed it was going to be like oh and it crushed him no, no, nope. Like that's so much worse. Somehow, it's so much worse. So, Lucifer—I <laughs> just like that name—was uh, <laughs> one of the earliest public art commissions for Denver International Airport in 1993. Uh, the sculpture was based on the eight-foot-high sculpture Mestano, which is Mustang, <laughs> on display at the University of Oklahoma, standing at 32 feet tall. Okay. Yeah, uh, and weighing 9,000 pounds, including its steel armature. Lucifer is located... Well, it says Blue Mustang, because that's the name, but I'm calling him Lucifer. It's located in the median of Pena Boulevard. Great. I know exactly where that is. Just like right as you come into the airport, basically. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone, yeah. Uh, so the creator was killed in 2006 at the age of 65. Uh, yeah, it fell on him and severed an artery in his leg. Um, so at the time of his death, he had completed painting the head of the Mustang. Uh-huh. So the sculpture was completed with the help of the artist staff, family, and professional race car painters. <laughs> Upon completion. Okay. Yeah, uh, cool. Interesting. Uh, the sculpture was sent to California for assembly and then shipped to Denver. Got it. Blue Mustang, Lucifer, was unveiled at Denver International Airport on February 11th, 2008. So, people think it's demonic because of its red glowing eyes. Mm-hmm. People, like, think it, I don't know. And yeah, a lot It's got of, a demon in it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people, a lot of people actually complain about it and they're like, it scares my kids. Like, take it down. <laughs> so, a lot of people are very for it and a lot of people are very against it. Uh, some think it's, like, cursed. Because, well, sure. you know, it killed, killed its, its And that it's probably haunted by the artist. Uh-huh. If anything's yeah. going to be. Yeah. So that's what I have on Lucifer. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Lucifer, a good Wikipedia page to just scroll through <laughs> is a list of uh, inventors killed by their own inventions. Ooh. Just a recommendation Ooh. for you if you got some spare time. Yeah. That's a fun one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, go on. That's good. No, that's it. That's all I got oh, for Lucifer. For, okay. My well, next thing is about... Um, the New World Order. Great. So I thought you would talk oh, some. you want me to talk about that? No, uh, talk about whatever you have. What do you oh, have? What, oh, okay. So, like... Didn't okay. you talk about Freemasons or something? Oh, um, I, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. What did you talk about? Uh, so oh, I talked about the huge, like, 
underground stuff at the airport than some of what people think that's used for, which ties into the New World Order and Freemasons. Yeah. So we'll get to my area. Okay, uh, so there's Freemasons, so a so. huge amount of earth okay. was excavated. Oh, sorry, no. excavated to build the airport. Uh, yeah, with its failed baggage system and six underground levels and a big network of tunnels that kept yeah. changing because they kept redesigning it mm-hmm. as they were being built. Um, so people uh, were, you know, suspicious about that and as think they should be that all that space is actually. They excavated all that to build under, build a hidden underground bunkers. Yes. Uh, where who knows what's going on? They're storing there. aliens. <laughs> Free uh, aliens. Free rent. Yeah, they have apparent. According to some people, there's a big tunnel going to like a hundred long, a hundred mile long tunnel going to the NORAD base, and uh, a yeah. hundred miles away. Mm. Uh, people think that it's the Illuminati headquarters. Yes. Okay, we, actually, let me talk okay. about mine a little okay. bit. Um, oh, good idea. We're still, still going. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so there's like, oh, so this is something interesting that I, that doesn't, so there's markings in the airport, like on the yeah. floor, uh-huh. right? Yeah, uh, a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's on its floors, and some people believe that it symbolizes a new strain of hepatitis that could be used in biological warfare. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that someone would put this on a floor design. They'd be like, you know, we should right. we should give them a clue mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. our biological warfare on the <laughs> right. on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, in reality, most of the symbols are taken from Navajo language oh, or are pulled from the periodic table of elements. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just really like that idea, you know. Um, so, oh on the there's yeah, like a they, they t- when you put them together, they make a code. Yeah, right. come on, of guys. course, you know this. Clearly. Um, so, what's the thing with the marking? Uh, so on that's it? Like, what's like the the uh, dedication stone, the dedication which is on stone. top of a um, uh, time capsule. Yes. Mm. So first of all, it has like the Freemason like logo symbol on it. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything re- the... really about the Freemasons, but they think that they're like connected to Everyone it, and the they use are. right, right, right. and they use like the underground tunnels. Basically, runs. it is weird that the Freemasons are on like the they have that yeah, symbol a... on it. It's weird. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, but there's also. Uh, like a little title on it or Mm -hmm. in one of the titles I don't know in writing it says New World Airport Commission right that was built by the New World it was built by the New World Airport Commission and so people think that um, this is connected to the New World Order (laughs) I didn't really know what it was so let me read you the New World Order yeah no I'm gonna read you some information about it okay Um, (laughs) this is really organized on my end here Uh, so the New World Order is a secretive power elite with a, with a globalist agenda, conspiring to eventually rule the world through an authoritarian authoritarian world government. Great. So, before the early 1990s, the New World Order conspiracy was limited to two American countercultures, primarily the anti-government right and secondarily the part of fundamentalist Christianity concerned with the end time emergence of the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. 
I, d- I just thought I would add that in. It just reminds me of like, it just sounds like Star Wars, like the First Order. Right? No, no, no. It really. Um, so, Whoa. military dictatorships over here. <laughs> so, how it connects to the Denver International Airport. So, conspiracy theorists of the Christian right believe there is an ancient occult conspiracy started by the Freemasons and the Illuminati, uh, which seeks to implement the New World Order through a one world religion that prepares the masses to embrace the imperial cult of the Antichrist. Yeah. Uh, so they speculate that globalists who plot on behalf of a new world order are directed by occult agencies of some sort, um, so unknown superiors, spiritual hierarchies, demons, fallen angels, or Lucifer, um, and they believe that these conspirators use the power of occult sciences, symbols, rituals, and monuments, and buildings... Oh, wait, no, no, no. Monuments, buildings, and I put the emphasis on the wrong word. And facilities. The Denver International Airport Mm -hmm. to advance their plot to rule the world. Right. Well, yeah. And so the evidence (laughs) of of the New World Airport, uh, the New World Order, (laughs) is the. Yeah, this New World Airport Commission that is like credited on the dedication yeah, stone. Yeah, it is weird uh, that it appara- says that. Like, there's no, you can't find anything about that supposed commission anywhere on the internet. No, like yeah. airport administrators like know what mm-hmm. that is. No, no one, who, one like, know, it doesn't on it. exist. No I read that. In, yeah, New World, the New World Airport. Commission. commission. Yeah. That's what it's dedicated to, mm-hmm. but the, there's no such thing exists. Yeah, so supposedly <laughs> so the headquarters for this Illuminati Freemason group that wants to bring about the New World Air Order or the New World Airport Commission, yep. uh, they supposedly live in these underground bunkers under the airport or ha- have their headquarters there. I don't know mm-hmm. if they live there or what. Mm-hmm. They probably commute. Um, so people... Probably I haven't been able to like confirm <laughs> how much of this... like is true that people say there are like five or six buildings that were built early on in the airport's construction and then deemed to have been built built wrong in some way or another and so mm-hmm. rather than like just being demolished or like deconstructed they were buried underground and then they built other stuff on top of them i haven't like i don't know hmm. how much of that is true um <laughs> i haven't been able to like confirm any of that um supposedly a few like contractors who worked on it at the time like blew the whistle on that at some point though i haven't found their actual testimony on it yeah um but yeah that's supposedly where those um their headquarters is in those in those buildings that were the cover as they built were were built wrong um and then i i looked on reddit and somebody (laughs) who who worked at the airport uh, yeah. As a baggage handler at one time. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, they used to work as yeah, they used to work as a baggage handler at the airport, and so would drive around the tunnels under the underneath it um, mm-hmm. in the old baggage <laughs> system creepy. overhead. 
Um, and so when running bags from planes, we would have to drive down into the tunnels. These tunnels are extremely long, around three quarters of a mile from end to end, oh. maybe longer, wow. with multiple split off points and side tunnels that are unused, in quotation marks. Hmm. During my first practice session driving a tug alone, I tried to turn to the right to cut up an exit ramp to head back to the surface. I made a wrong turn and found myself headed down one of the side access tunnels. <gasps> Almost immediately after entering an area that looked both disused and empty, I was confronted by two guards in dark suits. They were not TSA. They were not airport employees. No! They waited for me to stop and then told me to turn around immediately. It was hard to turn in the corridor because I had the tug and luggage cart on the back, so I kind of performed kind of an Austin Powers move back and forth for a few minutes before I finally got the cart turned. <laughs> of all the references you right? make. <laughs> uh, yeah, so as I was doing this, they stood rigidly watching me the entire time. Their jackets were open at the waist, and I could see that each man was carrying a service weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, apparently there are just like a ton of security cameras down there in the tunnels, um, and people have like put a, made graffiti of like aliens and like different things on the wall. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Weird. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. Dude. I don't know how... I don't know. I still don't know much about it. Okay. I read a lot. I don't know. It, it seems very factless. I mean, they, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just... uh, so the airport was, like, being built and was finished and opened around the time that the internet was becoming very popular. And so that kind of fueled speculation about like different stuff right i mean it's very it's a very popular like conspiracy theory but it's still hard like there's you can't really find any in-depth stuff about it it's like lists basically yeah Mm -hmm. like here are the five most like well-known conspiracies about the denver yeah and it's never like each one i feel like it's never in-depth information about each one Mm -hmm. no it's like that's what's that's the problem with all those lists is i'm like can i talk can i go to the original right and then you try to look up the individual thing and and it's like like, it's just more you just find more articles of lists yeah Yeah. 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 on another list and you're like how helpful right like the one about the like Lady M being assaulted was like on a few and it, nothing else. Just didn't. Right. Yeah. Nothing so I think, else. I was like, this uh-huh. is, can I go and search this? Mm-hmm. Right. Did someone just say this once and like put a date on it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I feel like with all of these. It's so hard because I want to I wanna know right. more. That's the problem when the internet is run by three companies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> anyway, uh, do you have anything else to say about the Denver airport? No, I didn't think about going on Reddit. I might go on Reddit and read people's stories. Yeah, there's a little bit more there. about it, yeah. Reminds Maybe. me, this one reminds me more of, like, your first episode a little bit. Right? Wasn't that the... Yeah, yeah, the West Edmonton one? Mall. That yeah, also yeah. has weird... No, no, like, no, weird no. Tunnels. I thought... Underground tunnels. I was like, we did that one already. He's like, do you want to do the Denver International Airport? And I'm like, we did that. And he's like, <laughs> no, we didn't. And I'm like, yeah, you did it. An earlier episode. Yeah, no, the tunnels. I yeah. love them tunnels. I love I them love tunnels. They are. That's freaky. <laughs> I love large have tunnels. failed engineering projects. My projects. high school has like tunnels, had hu- tunnels under it that I can't remember. They were four something. I think technically yeah. you could get to the middle school from them. Mm-hmm. But like there was a story once of someone like living in them. And I mm-hmm. don't know how real that was. It became like a whole legendy thing, but there was a story about like someone living in one for a while, mm-hmm. which always yeah, freaked me scary. out, especially because my sister, <laughs> shout out to my sister, um, <laughs> made a 
Span- you know how you have to do like Spanish videos or French videos, like a video for that class? Mm-hmm. And like the, the plot of theirs was that they got locked in the school and that a guy mm-hmm. came out from the tunnels. Yes. And it was like this like, this like, black like being like, like all in black, like you couldn't see a face. It was just like, yeah. they were like, I don't know how to describe it. I keep doing movements and it's not helping. Um, just like, it was like, there was no real body. You know, it was, I think they just put a piece of cloth over the person. But as a child, freaked me out. Freaked me out. And then I went there and I was like, oh, I'm not scared anymore. But like, <laughs> because there are like, there's doors to the tunnels and there's like, mm-hmm. but tunnels are free. They yeah, are scary. Cool. I don't like the idea of not knowing what's under the that airport. It kind of freaks me out. Or like, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Uh, um, well, thank you, Izzy, for being on the show with for us. Thanks Sorry me. about the uh, needing to redo it. <laughs> so sorry. The <laughs> wow. whole experience was good. Yeah. Was good. Um, um, do we have any final thoughts at all? Anything um, we want to share? I don't know. Do you have anything to plug, Izzy? Oh, yeah. Do you have anything social to media? plug? Oh, yeah. Um, social um, media? What am I doing? Uh, social media. Yeah, sure. Sure. Go <laughs> on Instagram. Yeah. The, the Izzy monster. That's my, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put it in the yeah. You don't have to look up how to spell my name. It'll be there. <laughs> yeah. 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 You spell it wrong. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, cool. I don't have anything else to say, I don't think. Great. Uh, this has been Known Unknown. I've been Harry. And I'm still Carly. And this has been... <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, it's still not no. very scripted. Here. No. Um, yeah. This has been known unknown. Yeah, I said that. Sorry. Sorry. It's late. This is our oh, second no, record. Click it or ticket. Click it or ticket. Because it's weird out there. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>